Welcome to Power Suits and Pillow Talk, where professional success meets personal liberation. I'm Jen Koken, and alongside me is the extraordinary Lori Handlers. In each episode, we journey into the duality of modern women who want to conquer corporate barriers by day and dispel bedroom myths by night. We celebrate these powerhouse women, the ones who are redefining success professionally and personally. Join us for an exciting exploration into empowerment, breaking boundaries, and unabashedly embracing all facets of womanhood. And I'm Lori Handlers. And I'm Jen Koken. We're your hostesses with the mostesses. Yeah. (laughs) And today we're going to talk about what somebody else thinks of you is none of your business. Did I say it right? It's none of your fucking business. What what other people think about you is none of your fucking business. Right. I'm going to say it that way because that's important. Okay. So what does that actually mean? What does it actually mean? Well, here's my take, and I'm sure you may have a, a different take, which is we collective, you, me, people seem to care a lot more about what other people think and forget that the most important person to be concerned about is ourselves. Like what we think about ourselves and how we relate to ourselves is the most important aspect of who you are. I mean, you know, you have kids and you have a partner if you have that, et cetera, et cetera. But how we relate to ourselves, what we think of us, because we got to go to sleep with us at night and look in the mirror. (laughs) far as I can tell, I haven't figured that one out, not to go to sleep with myself, but. You know, I, I just have to tell you this. I just saw this thing. I don't know if it was in psychology today. I, I'm not sure where I saw it, but it was the notion that everybody sees things skewed the way they see things through their own interpretations through their own, we used to call it at Landmark, their own colored glasses. They're already always listening of us. And in fact, nobody actually knows us. Nobody actually knows who we are. Like we see ourselves a certain way. We feel internally a certain way. We have thoughts. We have feelings. We have emotions. We have judgments. We have all this stuff. We have the witness going on. And the fact is that because people are so skewed to their own leanings, whatever their leanings are, that that they actually don't know us at all. So that would be like you and me, we have about a 25 year relationship. And and to say, Jen, I might not know you. Jen, you might not know me. Like, like, like we see each other through the skew of Laurie sees Jen, Jen sees Laurie, but is it truly Laurie? Is it truly Jen? So when we think about that in terms of other people and we know each other well, people may not know us at all. And so giving any energy at all up, like giving away life force and power to what we think somebody thinks of us is such a waste. Such. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Such a waste. I'll take it. You want to hear, I'm going to, I'm going to level that sucker up, which you just said. Yeah. I didn't see that article, but I totally get it. Neuroscientists tell us that the brain is never dealing with reality. <laughs> How crazy is that? <laughs> Literally the brain's never dealing with reality. It's only ever dealing with its interpretation of reality. 
Yes, I I like 100% agree. I mean, I call people out on their interpretations all the time because I'm like, well, that's an interpretation. Are you open to the to like admitting that that's your interpretation? This is my interpretation. This is, you know, we used to say a lot occurring. This is how you occur, but that doesn't mean this is who you are. Right. It's an interpretation. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I had uh, friends in Colorado who got married like two decades ago or something, three decades ago almost. And the only vow that Tom made to Janine is he vowed to never know her. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> and I, yeah, I was so moved by that so that he was always in this mode of discovery. Now, when we hear what people think about us, it could catch us off guard. Like if we got something negative, right? I mean, this happens all the time when we post something, we get concerned, people are going to give blowback or stick our necks out. People are going to say something. So the moment we do that, we get negative feedback. The immediate reaction is like, wait a minute. You're either pissed off or, or hurt, I think is the automaticity, right? It's the automatic reaction. But it's also an opportunity for you to check it out and be like, is that me? Let me just, let me just take a minute and go, hmm, is that me? No, it's not. You know, I had a, a situation where a client reamed me out recently. Now, I've never had in the however many years, decades that I've been coaching people. I've had people say, you're tough, you're direct. I am yeah. tough, I'm direct. Good. It's also an interpretation. That's why we're friends. <laughs> That's why we're friends, right? <laughs> I'm that way too. And, you know, so. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I've learned through the years to be responsible for my directness and deliver the direct feedback with love. And I partially learned that from you. We're kind of like, can I interact with you powerfully? Right. AKA I'm about to lop your head off. Maybe I'm we'll see, to, but that's, I'm about to hit you with a brick without any velvet. <laughs> exactly. No velvet, no velvet required. So I had interacted with this person and asked for her final payment. And she called me and reamed me out and said she wasn't getting the coaching she wanted. And this was, we were on our last call of 18 calls. Right. Had never said a word, but I'll tell you something. When she called me to say all these things and she, I mean, I, I, my, how she came across in my mind was she was yelling because her voice was raised and et cetera. It took me back. Like it really, I had to recover from that. Mm-hmm. I had to check in with some other people. And it's probably taken me three weeks to go, wait a minute. It says in your contract, you're responsible for your results. If it wasn't working for you, you could have said it anytime. You know what? That doesn't really work for me. Could we approach it a different way? Happy to do that. But if I don't know, how am I going to? You can't. I can't. If somebody's stuffing it. You know, they're not speaking their truths. I mean, and they hire right. you and you think you're doing well. And then all of a sudden there, there's an outbreak. Yeah. And she even said, I, I question whether I should give you this feedback. What? Why would you not? Yeah. Why would you not give that feedback? Like, hey, this isn't working for me or the way you related to me wasn't working for me. Yeah. Now, yeah. I think sometimes when people have an opinion about you, it's kind of messed up. You know what I'm saying? Like people will throw daggers time, at times. Well, sometimes here's the thing that I've noticed in myself. Sometimes I meet somebody in an earlier phase of their development. And then I, it's hard for me to let go of who they were. Mm. 
I mean, I noticed that I have that, you know what I mean? Being a, uh, being a facilitator and a, a coach and in, involved in all this transformation for all these years. Like I meet people like sometimes on square one, they're taking their first toe into the water of transformation. And it's hard for me to forget who they like. And the thing is, I have such a good memory. I brag about that, you know. <laughs> At my age, I have a great memory still. I still remember people's voices and their names. And almost if we still were dialing phone numbers, I would remember all their phone numbers too. And they come in and then like three or four years later, five years later, 10 years later, they're completely transformed. They're, they've completely redesigned themselves. Thank yeah. you. I'm so excited about that. And it's hard for me to not see that beginning person when they're standing like I can still see you with like really short hair and you know like I red hair reddish hair you know like I can still see you like that but I don't hold that as who you are anymore like I hold who you are as who you are now and then I still and I have a memory you know and it's like it's better if I don't share that memory it's better if I try to let that go (laughs) that memory because you know because because it's not doing you or anyone a service. So this is like the other side of having an opinion about somebody. Oh, how far they've come. That doesn't, that's, that's limiting. That's a limiting belief. I, I you know, I, I chew myself out for that. I have to say, yeah. And I, I'm suggesting yeah. here that other people not even listen to that, that that's, it can't be helpful. It cannot be. Yeah. Helpful. definitely not helpful. The other thing is you were talking that I was thinking of is this whole business of gossiping, you know, in the way that you and I, I know, relate to gossiping, which is saying anything that would, that would leave somebody, leave, leave whoever you're talking about smaller, diminished in somebody else's listening and somebody else's opinion. That's why I don't want to hear about stuff. That's why I don't want gossip. That's why somebody might say, oh, geez, Jen, no, you met so-and-so or so-and-so is this way or that way. Hmm. Okay. I really didn't want to know that because I want to form my own. Yes. Listening. And even, opinion. even the other side, look, I used to say to somebody, Jen, I have this friend that I want you to meet. You'll love them. I don't say that anymore. I used to say that, you know, in my earlier phases i used to say you will you my friend will love my other friend and often they didn't and they but they felt, <laughs> but they felt the pressure of my expectation that uh-huh. they will form a love bond because i love them and yeah. i i stopped doing that i stopped putting the pressure on people for that so this is all these are all aspects of the same thing which is like who am I and how am I known and seen and really all the other stuff, whether it's negative or positive or any of it, like whatever we deem it to be like our judgment about the judgments. It's really none of our business. It's just to keep being our truth. Like what is, what in your heart calls you? What in my heart calls me? What in anybody else's heart calls them and go for it. And don't worry about anybody, what anyone else thinks your parents your priest, your husband or wife, your coworkers, the government. I mean, they, it all doesn't matter. Like, who are you? Who do you want to be? I yeah. How do, you, how do you want to show up? How do you want to be? No. Now, the one, the one caveat I would say to that is yeah. if, I'd say it this way, if you're hearing the same feedback, 
if you, oh, well, you, you know, I'm intimidated, but like we talked about this on one other episode, I'm intimidated yeah. by you. Now on one hand, I get it. I'm five foot 10. I used to wear four inch heels, even when I led. So I was like six foot two, right. <laughs> and I'm very powerful and gregarious. So there's also not to and diminish smart. me. Wait, and smart. And smart. Very smart. <laughs> I'm an egghead. I'm an egghead. So but my point in saying all that is in one of the shows, the earlier shows, we talked about not to diminish yourself. So in that instance, I don't diminish myself, but I am responsible for being that I could come across. People could view me as intimidating to be more heart centered, more heartfelt. But if somebody has that opinion of me and there's nothing that I've done, I don't take that personally. Oh, I got it. You, you have a thing about me intimidating you, right? Are you going to transform that or you want, because I'm not changing like, what, why are you sharing this with me? You know? So on one hand, it's like, check out what the dirty street is. On the other hand, own who you are and know who you are, I guess, is what my point is. I remember when I first started my business of teaching about sacred sexuality, about Tantra, when I was still in DC, I had a guy working for me. You probably know, I'm not going to mention his name, but anyway, he was working for me. And he was like my at the time, we didn't have, all we had were CDs and those CD players. We didn't, there were no iPods yet. And so I needed a Tantra disc jockey to travel with me who knew what all these songs were, these trance songs and these other things, because I didn't know anything about that music. But I needed certain vibes for different things that I was doing in my courses. And I remember one day him saying to me, you know, you're not that easy to work for you intimidate people like you could be a little less intimidating. And I remember thinking, Hmm, what should I do with this feedback? And then I said to him, do you think Oprah is easy to work for? Why should I lower my standards? Do you think Oprah would lower her standards? I don't want to be easy. I want to be just the way I am. And if anyone doesn't, like me or want to work for me or with me because I'm this way, good, let them go. Yeah. Someone else yeah. will come. <laughs> I just remember thinking that, you know, Oprah can't be easy. She runs an empire. So yeah. in, in my little empire, I said, no, I'm not lowering my standards. I'm going to say things direct. And if I need to apologize later, I'll apologize if somebody's feelings were really hurt, but I'm, this is the way I am. You know, what I love about that is I think so often people struggle with truly being their authentic selves. Like, you know, the whole thing of, can people handle me? Can a guy handle me? Can people handle me? Doesn't matter because it's exactly what you said. When you're truly yourself, the right, you will attract the right people because you're being true to who you are. And if you think about it, if I'm, you know, right now I'm sort of swirling a pot, right. And I'm bringing the energy toward me. Like when we're true to ourselves, we're bringing, it's almost like, you know, like you can't resist. It's like irresistible energy of like bringing it toward me because I'm so who I am. If we're constantly trying to please other people, it's an outward energy that literally propels people away from you. Hence, why would other people think about you is none of your fucking business. <laughs> <laughs> it just, it, I think occurs, that's- yeah, it occurs to me before we end this subject, we should say something about your pet subject. 
which is imposter syndrome. So I think that part of imposter syndrome has to do like people's fear of that they really aren't enough or they're really not, they don't have enough PhDs <laughs> to be an expert in the field that they think they're in. And, you know, right, they don't syndrome, work hard enough, all yeah, those things, yeah. Imposter syndrome is so prevalent. And I do think that it's all based on, if I had it, which I found out from you that I do have it, I don't have it much though. There was a thing about something in the imposter syndrome I found out from you. If I had it, it's my projection of what I think other people are projecting onto me. It's kind of like a two, it's a double-edged negative sword. Like there's no winning. If I think you think that I'm not enough, then I'm using then that. Then I think I'm not enough because yes. I'm using my, I'm internalizing the the projected reflection yes. of the not enoughness that I'm making up that I think you're projecting on me. I'm now internalizing that. Yes. So it's a really negative spiral. There's no cheese down that tunnel. It's like a toilet. It's actually like flushing a toilet, flushing all possibility for our own creative potential down the toilet because of fear of something that I projected onto you. And then I internalized it and swallowed it. Like it was the truth. And it's not. Yeah. It's not. And it's, it's flushing our power down the toilet too, because we're actually giving away our power to something that isn't real. Almost all. And, you know, we're going to do some shows on imposter syndrome so we can get into that, but all the worry, anxiety, concern, about what other people think, whether you're enough, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, all that stuff. None of it's real. It's just thoughts you're having that are habitual thoughts because the brain, that's a brain of the thing called you, its job is to predict everything, predict how much danger there is, and then make everybody feel comfortable, make you feel comfortable with what's going on around you. Because the brain, oh my God, somebody thinks I'm too much. I'm intimidated. Okay. Now I can come up with a strategy to deal with that. So the brain's constantly just all in survival mode. It's when we go, wait a minute, that's, you know, it's like with your sex and happiness course, right? Being the witness. And what I say to people, when I work with them on the power code, it is witnessing your thoughts, witnessing your emotions, your feelings. Those are never going away unless you die. Then you're don't have to worry about it. Yeah. It's the only time. Yeah. Yeah. So that really, I think the thing, the part of the imposter syndrome that I that I learned from you that I have is something about having to do it, having to do everything. I had it. It was like, I have to do everything myself. Nobody can get it as right as me. Yep. Yep. The fear of not delegating, but all that. I I didn't know that was part of it. But then when I, I went to one of your presentations and I was like, oh, well, I have that. (laughs) everybody does everybody has it it's like 70 percent of the people surveyed according to the scientific american journal of behavioral health or whatever have said they have it and what i tell my clients is if you don't you're not playing a big enough game because you're not going to deal with whether questioning whether you're an expert or what other people think about you when you're eating bonbons and watching the real housewives no no it doesn't take much to do yeah only when you're being an expert at something and so mm-hmm. those are the people that we're talking to. You all who listen to this show are experts at something or else this show wouldn't appeal to you from the boardroom to the bedroom. You're an expert at getting there at success or you're, on your, way, or you're on your yep. way to getting to success. And you're wondering like, how should I be? 
How does yeah. this, how will this make my life? Yeah. And so I remember, look, I'm just going to add one more thing to this fray because I've written about this publicly. I was a sex expert with a sex problem. I don't think I knew that about you. See something oh, I don't know about you. What's so, that? Uh, so I was in a relationship early on in my formation of my company and 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 what I do for a living. And and we looked like the hottest couple back in the day, in the two in the early two thousands. We looked like the hottest couple. Everybody thought we were having hot banging sex. And we were almost never having sex. I used to have to beg this guy. And he was just, he kept saying to me, he wasn't into it. And I knew something was off. And I kept saying, look, we look like the hot Tantra babe and boy, you know, and like, we're not, we're a farce. I used to say that to him. And he would say to me, I'm just not, I'm not into having sex. Well, it turns out he was, he was cheating you know, just not with you, oh. just not with me. Nice. And so when I found all that out, I didn't hesitate to like to break up, but I, I couldn't live that lie. Like for mm-hmm. me, it was, uh, if I'm not living it, I can't do it. I can't be it. I can't pretend I'm yeah. definitely, I live everything that I teach people. I live everything that I tell people. And, and I, I do too. Yeah, I know. Yeah. And I remember I mean, when, when we, you know. we share, this is part of the thing about what other people think about you is none of your business. Cause I have this conversation with some of the leaders I coach who get scared about revealing things that are one would call private, right? Cause you get worried. Well, how is that going to, how is that going to make me come across, et cetera, except when we're willing to share our foibles, other people learn from that. Like, oh, you went through that too. Yeah. 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 Or so, I'm going through that. I mean, we talked about that because I've been in the crapper for the last five months and it's only been recently I've come out the other side. So, and I was sharing about that. Like, I don't have it together. I'm going through it. I don't know what's up, you know? Yeah. Well, that's so important. So I think the, the point of the, the moral to this story is be yourself. You can't be anyone else. You can't live anybody else's life. You can't pretend to be someone you're not. And and don't worry about what other people think about it. Just follow your heart. Like follow your heart, follow your gut, follow your bliss. And don't, don't let anything get in the way because most of it is made up in the brain. It's not real. Right. And and that's, it sounds simple. It's not easy. And I think one of the, the, the tools or, or tips I would say to people is if you don't have a lot of muscle in this area of being true to yourself, of going, that, that doesn't apply to me, phone a friend, but don't phone any friend, not somebody who's gonna, you know, yeah, that person sucks. <laughs> Someone who you can, you know, I would call you or I have a hand, a hand or only a handful of people. I'm like, look, this just happened. This is what I'm thinking. This is where I'm left. Am I like, am I crazy? Am I in the wrong? Should I be listening to this and checking it out? Especially when we're caught off guard by something and the amygdala that fight, flight, or freeze or fawn is rearing its ugly head. Cause that's yeah. where imposter syndrome and things like that come from. It's just an amygdala hijack, right? Phone like a friend, that. check it that's, out. That should be a t-shirt. It's just an amygdala hijack. <laughs> <laughs> 
(laughs) That's all it is. It's just an amygdala hijack with a big brain on your, on your, on the chest. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Good. Well, I feel complete. I love this. I love this conversation. And I think it's, I do too. I think, okay, wait, I just had another thought about the amygdala hijack. It could be like an amygdala like hijacking a bank or something <laughs> like with a <laughs> mask on and guns at a bank. It's just an amygdala hijack. I don't know. Silliness. Yeah. I love talking to you. I love this conversation. Thank you. Thank you. It's really good. All right. Well, this is our episode for today. This is what other people think of you is none of your fucking business. That's like right. let it go and live your life. Yeah. And let us know in the comments what you think about this episode. Write to us, share with us. So if you've used some of the tools or tips that we shared, let us know how there's working out for you. And then tune in next time where Lori and I will once again, giggle our way through another episode. (laughs) Thank you. That's a wrap on another inspiring episode of Power Suits and Pillow Talk. We hope that our conversations continue to enlighten and encourage you on your journey of self-discovery and empowerment. Remember, there aren't any limits to what you can achieve, be it in your career or your personal life. I'm Jen Koken, and my amazing co-host is Lori Handlers, reminding you to keep smashing those ceilings and debunking those taboos. Until next time, keep dominating the boardroom and owning and taking up space in the bedroom. Hey guys, it's Miriam Love here. And I want to share something very special with you. Check out my new release, All In, the Spanish remixes, out now on Electric House Records. And always remember, be love, share love, all love. Available now wherever you listen to music.